Hi, I'm Michael Etchens from NXS. Thank you very much for coming backstage with Access All Areas, okay? Hope you have a good time. Welcome to Annexos Access All Areas. My name is B, and I will be co-hosting this series of podcasts with my Annexos nerd Hayden Murdoch. We will be delving deep with you all to explore everything there is to know about this iconic band of brothers in Excess, sharing music, tours, videos, albums, and oh, so much more. Well, hello, welcome to Annexos Access All Areas, episode ninety-seven, in this deep dive into all things great about this iconic band. Get them in the Rock Hall of Fame, at least nominated, and have fans and engagers along the way. But we're in Music Week, and we are doing our fifth and final song of the week, just going into the weekend. We've had a lot of fun. It's been sort of the week where we've picked five songs that we think shaped in excess's sort of career, uh, whether it was chart success or groundbreakingness, etc. And we're going to be, uh, I guess, concluding uh, the song Never Tear Us Apart today that we will go into in a moment's time. And, uh, again, another uh, Richard video-directed film clip and lots and lots of little goodies to unpack on this mm. one. What an a song to go out on today. It'll be brilliant. Yeah. Yes. So let's just recap from the start of the week. We uh, went out with Burn For You, which, uh, again, probably an Aussie classic that we think uh, hopefully our listeners around the world got some uh, some extra sort of uh, feel for. Uh, we then went into The One Thing, uh, which, uh, again, B, you lobbied hard for and we're 110% right. We then veered into What You Need, which was the first top five in America and, uh, again, just gave the band that impetus after the, the, the swing didn't do as well in America. Uh, we then did Need You Tonight, the Top the charts and was a, a cultural zeitgeist, as we sort of allude, alluded on the on the uh, episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and today we're going to go into Never Tear Us Apart. That I think, B, of all the songs in their catalogue, this one has I think grown in its iconic nature over time more than any other song. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a few factors in that we will again unpack today as to why that has been the case. I would say it was their ultimate love song, really, wasn't it? Well, in their, look, this, in their catalogue, yeah. maybe. Love is wise says pretty up there as well. Well, I think for the inner fans, yes, but I think on a sort of global reach, you know, something like Never Tear Us Apart, you know, has you know permeated around the globe. It was a, a chart success. You know, let's be frank, it was the song that Michael was carried out of in the funeral. It's the name of the miniseries, and I think it's just a song that over time has uh, enabled the band. And you know, I mean, it's become you know, the the uh, the music song at the football for the Port Adelaide Football Club. I mean, it's, yeah. it's just gathered momentum. And it's a great thing about music. Sometimes songs of their uh, release era don't quite get cut through. But, you know, 30, 40 years later, look at Bohemian Rhapsody. I mean, mm. you know, that, that song's bigger now than probably was when it was released, you know. So yeah. it's uh, interesting how those things play out. I think for a non-NXS fan, this would probably be the song that people would recognise for NXS. Yeah, and I think maybe some mm. people just recognise as a great song and don't even know it's in excess. Um, maybe. Mm. Um, some of the artists who have covered it weren't really the artists that uh, we thought would be sort of, you know, in excess type, you know, front row audience people. So if you look back, you've got Tom Jones and Natalie Imbruglia covering it. You've got uh, Palomo Faith, who I think did it for a, a John Lewis sort of commercial and then on her album there. 
Uh, we've got the Teske brothers in Australia who are uh, a bit of an ode to the 60s and their sound. I think we've got also two, 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 two Joe Cocker, that's who I was thinking of. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, he done, yeah. He, he, he's done a uh, quite an interesting version at the time and that's sort of around the 2000 mark and he sung that, you know, you can Google that. That's been played live in Australia and different things, but he releases mm-hmm. as a single. So, yeah, it's definitely had a very wide gamut of people cover it and things as well. Okay. Are you ready? Well, a little bit of backdrop. I thought I'd throw some stats oh. in. You know, you know me uh, and the stats. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Go on. For, for, for no, the nerds. Do, I find it, I used to find it a little bit boring, all these stats, but actually I'm really, uh, yeah, interested. Uh, Come on, give it. My, my geekdom has uh, crossed over. Okay. <laughs> so just a quick little recap, B. Chart position in Australia uh, peaked in 1988 at 14. Mm. However, has this? In 2014, when it was re-released, it peaked at 11. So it had a high chart position some 26 years later, which uh, I guess tied into the miniseries at the time. I'm surprised it didn't get to number one, actually. Well, you know, they had about five or six songs re-chart, but, uh, you know, it was obviously in excess uh, month when that happened. Um, yeah. In the USA, USA, it was the fourth uh, consecutive top ten single. Uh, it peaked at seven on the Billboard charts. Mm-hmm. In the UK, it peaked at 24. Uh, but interestingly, in Canada, it peaked at number two. So... Um, I guess it just sort of showed that, you know, Canada, as, you know, time went on, probably became NXS's uh, most prolific singles market, which we'll talk about in the future with songs like Disappear and Pretty Vegas and, and Suicide Blonde and some of those becoming, uh, I think, number one singles there. But, yeah, number two in Canada was a really big achievement. I know uh, if anyone goes into Wiki, you'll, you'll know the, the script about this song and you'll probably know from Andrew interviews in the archives that it started off in a bit of a sort of uh, Viennese or Viennaese, as they sort of say, uh, waltz, uh, a very bluesy type Fats Domino sound. But I think Chris Murphy was very keen to synthesise this up at the time and uh, Andrew, being the adaptable musician and, and open-minded to advice, did that. And I think the strings arrangement, which sort of, you know, almost come through the keyboard, mm-hmm. uh, are really iconic and it's, you know, developed a, a fantastic sound in itself. The film clip, B, I will throw to you. I think there are some moments in this clip that you uh, still love to this day. It's very cinematic, the film clip, isn't it? And I think that was something Richard Lowenstein negotiated with uh, Chris Murphy. He said, okay, well, I'll, I'll come and do this clip and that clip and that clip, but I think this song needs to be done in Prague. Oh, yeah, um, and what a backdrop. Absolutely yeah. fantastic. Yeah, beautiful. But we'll talk more about that as we yeah. go through the song. And yes. forever, forever the economist, uh, Chris Murphy, he got three for one because they, they filmed uh, New Sensation up on the balcony. True. Yes. And they film, filmed a very drunk band in about 40 minutes to Guns in the Sky. I love that. <laughs> oh, I, I will uh, be uh, mentioning that a little bit later. Yeah, so we, we this could be hopefully fodder for when we do ultimately get <laughs> Richard on, on our on our podcast. and. We are building a quite a list of Richard questions, aren't we? We are, yes. I hope Laurie and Carrianne are taking notes on this. But we'll, we'll go into the song now. And just before we sort of play, um, one of the uh, first experiences I had when I heard this song for the very first time uh, was when I was flying from Australia overseas to uh, you know, some of the French Polynesian islands when I was about uh, 17. So I knew it was on the Kick album and, you know, I'd heard a lot of the Kick album, but this song I actually hadn't heard. And it's maybe a month or two after the album came out and, you know, I had no money in those days, so buying albums was hard. But uh, I remember hearing going, oh, this is pretty good. And then it was probably only a few months later and I heard it again. I'm like, wow, this is great. Who's this band? And then realised it was... It was really, <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> 
But I, uh, I cried when I first heard it. I thought it was yeah. that beautiful. Oh, and when I saw it, oh my god! And look, we'll uh, mm. we'll set up the clip for ourselves just to sort of watch as we narrate. But uh, yes. one of the interesting things, just to, to mention, this is a, a bit like Need You Tonight, where uh, the video, I guess, uh, goes for three minutes forty three. However, the vinyl single or whatever, that only goes for three minutes two. So a bit like Need You Tonight, I think they had another 10 seconds in the clip because they had that opening bit where Michael has the wrist out and, and it's like that sort of uh, advertorial. Uh, this one here is really unique and special where it has a 41-second intro uh, of really beautiful keyboards uh, and Michael's sort of just walking along before the, the, the vocals kick in. So we're going to give our listeners the full video experience today by playing that in its entirety because, again, uh, it's slightly different to the single edit version that was released as a single or, or on the album. So we'll take it away, B. Hi, this is Andrew Farris. A big congratulations to Hayden and B for getting the show together and making it a success. Now, be a slight miscalculation. It wasn't 41 seconds. It was 55 before we hit the uh, opening lyric from Michael. But uh, paint the picture. I'll give you the new ball today. What did you get out of those beautiful scenic shots and Richard up in the dolly, you know, obviously going up and down and the beautiful river and things? What was uh, your takeaway? Well, actually, I'm going to go with the sonics more than the visuals, if that's oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Stealing my vocab. I, I like am. It. Yeah. You like that? Yeah. Back to yeah. my minute. <laughs> 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 okay. So <laughs> I love the tempo, it really drawing you in. And then the little keyboard, the dun, dun, dun. So yeah, dreamlike yeah, yeah. and so beautiful. And yeah, it brings you tears. It's just so emotional from the start. You just know that it's going to yeah. be very special. And the fact with the video, like you say, it, the intro is so long, you're like, wow, it's really building to something so beautiful. I met you the night of the uh, Richard Owenstein launch of Mystify, mm -hmm. as we know. Mm -hmm. And that particular night I had a chance to meet Richard, uh, along with Richard Simkin again from years ago and a few others. Everybody was crowding around Richard at the after party and whatever there, and it took me at least half an hour to get my question in because everybody was peppering in with questions and things. But my one of my time-honoured questions I've always wanted to ask the band, but I think Richard was better to ask, was it's really interesting that in the album version, in the CD, single, vinyl version, we don't get that 50-something second intro. Mm. What took place for you to put that in. He said, oh, look, I was really insistent. I really liked that build-up and mm. I really liked that sort of way it set the tone and everything there and I really wanted to have that in because you really can't get that version, you know, really anywhere other right. than through the video um, unless some people have got it on a, a B-side of a, an obscure single somewhere. But I just don't often see the three minutes sort of 50-something version of this song uh, anywhere other than the video. Mm. So 
I think as it's about to go into the lyric, what's really interesting is it captures up with sort of uh, Michael and then Kirk walking along and we're about to hit the lyric. So without further ado, B, we shall go to Sir Michael. Actually, it's quite funny that it's Kirk we see first, isn't it? Yes, yes, yes absolutely. Kirk. Still doing, media, still doing media wars well, even back then. Uh, he was, yeah, he was yeah. in training, wasn't he? Correct, correct. <laughs> Don't ask me what you know is true. Don't have to tell you I love your precious heart I I was standing You were there Two worlds collided And they could never tear us apart So, B, we have a, a beautiful little 38-second section there where we see Michael deliver a, a fantastic opening lyric, mm-hmm. uh, Don't Ask Me What You Know Is True, you know, just from the get-go, the tone and his body language where he's looking slightly down, mm-hmm. as in physically looking down, mm-hmm. and rubbing his hands and just walking through, you know, quite a, a you know, a, not a pensive state but a pondering state. Mm-hmm. And it really befits the song in terms of this yearning and longing for a, a love lost and mm-hmm. maybe his true love and stuff like that. But um, it really just uh, from the lyrical kickoff um, sets the tone, doesn't it? Mm. Like he's isolated and he's alone and he's cold and he's um, yes. vulnerable as well, walking along the yes. riverbank with his leather gloves on. And it's like spot the excess member hiding behind a tree and... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know if he was having a cigarette or I'm not a sure uh, Pepe Pe- 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 Le Pew cigarette <laughs> or something like that. It, it's like yeah, Timmy looked like the little Frenchman. Whoa. He, he did look good, didn't he? Yeah, he played yeah. a good part there. Mm. Now, the mm. one great thing about, well, many great things about this song is the ability for the song to pause. And oh, yes. We just pause the song. We pause the song at one minute 30. Mm-hmm. And it's like this sort of. One or two second little, not even a second, but this beautiful pause where the world stops. Um, and the we're world, about to press. Your heart. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Well, like we always say, coming off a, a sort of a the beautiful strumming close-up guitar into the next verse, uh, again a killer moment where they're gone from sort of the the hooky sort of uh, never tear us apart uh, into a great next verse and vocal from Michael as it goes to sort of night and he's turning around looking at the camera and walking with the other band members. Fantastic, great photography, but again goes into a fantastic sort of then vocal 
uh, where the voices escalating, the songs, you know, gr- you know, gathering some sort of escalation as we often talk about, and the shots of you know of Prague. Talk about you know um, setting a, a mood toner for the clip, mm-hmm. and I think this is one of those songs that fans really associate the visual with the audio, don't they? Mm-hmm. So we went into there with the curtain into Tim's guitar, married with John's drum beat, and it's yeah. very intense, isn't it? It's like, mm, oh, yeah. what's what's next? And still, Michael's got that tempo, the breeze in his hair, and yeah, he's looking around for this girl. And then at the end there, just before we pause, she turns around. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's it's so well done. So well. Yeah, yeah so well directed. He did an I think amazing the, I think job. The, yeah, I think the editing of this clip, how it all seems together. And there was a great movie out a few years ago called Birdman, which was sort of technically shot in one camera shot it was like a whole continuous shot Mm -hmm. but the way Richard edits this together and they're about to flash to the bridge area where they're playing the violin and playing a lot of the orchestral parts Mm. is fantastic so hang on on. I just want more I've got one more thing that I've written down here that I forgot to (laughs) say I did say it was the ultimate love song of two lovers but the the lyric that he says for a thousand years I mean that just conjures a I never say my words properly. It just makes you think he's going to love me forever. It's forever. It's, look, it's a it's an evocative lyric, you know. Mm. Make wine from your tears. I mean, mm. every line, every word is is pitch perfect. Um, Absolutely. When you talk about pop music or popular music, and you talk about the great three minute songs, I mean, the Beatles were sort of the uh, the template for that. The great three minute ballad, the great three minute song, you know, that could get radio play. I mean. This, this song is, is as pitch perfect as a popular song as you would ever hear. And, you know, biases, biases aside, I, I can't emphasize that enough. Yeah, it, you just can't yeah. fault it. The, the tempo no. has, has been set from the start. Yeah. And yeah. in a way, like you say about the intro, I wish they had kept that in because of the intensity. Yeah. But, yeah. hey, we're listening now, so that's good. Absolutely. Okay, Haddon, are you ready for some more? I am. All right, B. Well, we see the climb there to the second chorus and, you know, the guitar bit. And uh, rather than go into another verse, et cetera, they go into this, you know, iconic uh, saxophone section that only goes for about 15 to 16 seconds. I mean, it's not Baker Street, Jerry Rafferty. It's not Kenny G going off on a tangent. But it's only about 15, 16 seconds, but it's such an iconic saxophone bit. It really fills in the space love uh, nicely and really sets up the outro to the song, which is sort of the, you know, it's hit that sort of almost, you know, uh, climax there. And obviously we know it at Wembley and all the concerts. It's one of those climatic moments uh, before it then hits sort of the outro there. But uh, what's your take on that little section, B? Well, before we get to Kirk, I just want to paint the picture of when we slid in there. It was the old fellas playing on their uh, violins that you Correct, see yeah. first of all, and yeah. then and then like I, I also want to mention 
you mentioned earlier, there was other videos made uh, upon this week of where how long it took. Um, and that yeah. fur coat <laughs> that Michael is wearing <laughs> was actually in the um, uh, Guns in the Sky. And I think they all had a turn in wearing it as well. <laughs> well, that, that, well, trust you to notice the fashion thing because I haven't noticed that, but uh, <laughs> that's, why we're, that's why we're a partnership. Be. You, you see what I don't see <laughs> and vice versa. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and, then, um, I think and the I meant, fact that yeah. it was a bit chilly, you know, and they've all got their gloves or fingerless gloves on as well. Yeah, but you always yeah. mention how fast that Michael walks. Well, yeah, it's always fine that Michael started off the song in this very ponderous sort of uh, walking along in this mm. very sort of pondering mood. Yet at the end, when Kirk's doing the saxophone, he's walking past his cemetery in this somber moment. He just does a Michael walking sort of <laughs> down the street, like he's just walking down the street, you know, uh, saying hi guys. Whatever. So I always found tonally, it's a bit out of whack with the cymmetry, the tone of the it song, is. and the sax. It is. That's yeah. the only part, isn't it? And, and since yeah. you pointed it out, I I chuckle when I see Michael like yeah. <laughs> on a way to get an ice cream. <laughs> Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, he yeah. needed to slow that down a little. Um, but but hey, yeah. you know he knew what he was doing. But perhaps Michael just didn't want to be in the cemetery. Who doesn't really? Well, look, let's bring it home. Uh, we'll get the last uh, little section out now. All right. Well, again, a really beautiful, soulful exit out and outro to this song. Um, I know Ben Harper, you know, who was the uh, interpreter of this song on the original Sin oh. sort of covers album. There's a great footage of him being interviewed saying, if you don't think that Never Tear Us Apart is one of the great soul songs of all fucking time, you've got to have your head read like it's up there with Dock of the Bay and everything. So, um, but, but what this, a good yeah, version yeah. he did. He, yeah. He did an amazing job. His interpretation. I love the, yeah. Mm. I love the outro of this. I like Andrew when he tucks up the jacket and he's cold and, and there's Gary looking up in the sky and, you know, there's Michael walking down to the, almost the piazza or the big town centre. The interesting thing is that it, it's a fade-out song. So at the end, if you listen closely, listeners, um, you will hear a sort of saxophone bit at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, the B-side or C-side or D-side, whatever, the extra tracks on the Don't Lose Your Head CD single there's a great live version of this song where you get a more definitive uh, exit to the song where you hear Kirk play the saxophone again. In Australia, a lot of the other concerts around the world, you don't really hear it, but there's a great version of that, of this, where um, you hear another saxophone part to the song right at the end because producers often turn and fade out a song like they do here, whereas, like, we think of Send a Message, it just ended on the spot, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this one's faded out through the producer, through Chris Thomas, Um but uh, there is some versions, as I said, where Kirk plays, you know, the saxophone a little bit more at the end, and it's great. Yeah, not a second wasted. The clip's brilliant. Um, it still sounds fresh to this day. And, you know, I guess um, what's your sort of takeaway? How do you feel about it in 2022, B? 
Okay, well, there's a few other bits and pieces that I'd like to say, mention. The backing yep. vocals, it was so oh, yeah. complimentary, so beautiful. Um, yeah, um, I think we do need to mention that. Um, we well, you know who that is. No, who? It's it's major. It's most mostly Kirk. It is mostly Kirk. I thought it was. Yeah. But I thought you were going to say somebody else. No, no. When you mm. see it live, you see him singing it a little bit more too. But yeah, yeah it's a lot of it's Kirk's backup wow. vocals. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think he's amazing anyway. He's like even triple amazing there. Um, yeah. A few little bits that I noted was Michael nearly takes his eye out with a branch uh, when he's not looking properly. <laughs> so you'll probably right. notice that now when he's walking along the bank bank and, and uh, he nearly gets. Um, done in with his eye um and also there was the bit where where was i t- the, the fact that he just keeps turning like he's walking but he keeps turning around to the camera and talking to you yeah yeah and the ultimate bit for me is that he doesn't kiss her i'm so glad about that because he's saying about it. the girl on the bridge <laughs> well it's interesting because i just noticed that bit there but I think this is a they song. They never inspired. get together. It's as if no, yeah. but there's a song inspired about Michelle Bennett, and she looks a bit like Michelle, and he mm. just walks past her, and mm. yeah, it's 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 it really is you know, Sean like it does had a balladeer type sentiment to it, but it wasn't a single. It was more of a sort of a an album track off off uh, the song like these. But this is real sort of you know, 27 years of age, soulful moment, uh, putting his heart out there, writing something very true. Mm-hmm. And something that you know that was uh, very personal to him at the time, and mm-hmm. um, not a lyric is wasted, you know. No, all the lyrics in this song are just absolutely beautiful. And when you go to see it live, even pre- performed by a tribute band, it just brings you to tears. It's just so yeah. heartwarming. Mm. Mm. Makes you feel connected with your friends. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the, the art of a great song, the greatest songs that, that represent, you know, our fandom to this day are the ones you just don't get sick of. Um, mm-hmm. You know, without passing judgment, I mean, Need You Tonight, for me, I, I just probably got a bit sick of. It just got played a bit too much on the radio. Mm-hmm. So I don't have an emotional connection when I hear it anymore. For this episode, strangely, or sorry, for the last episode, strangely enough, I did try to go back and invest as the new guy listening again, and I really enjoyed it. But um, sometimes a song can be played too much. And then sometimes there's songs like Never Tear Us Apart that just don't ever yeah. wear thin. Yeah. Um, for some people it may, but for us, you know, it doesn't. And, um, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. so for that sort of point of view, um, yeah, I just wanted to really highlight that part, you know. What a week, Hayden. Yes, and we've got a very special outgoing song here now. Oh. I put a little – I sent you some notes about this episode and you were like, what's that little section? Yeah. Man? I said, well, what are you I'll talking about? <laughs> okay, so let me go back here. It's 2001, sort of mid-year, roughly July, whatever there, it's, um, in 2001. NXS couldn't have had their brand at a lower ebb at that point in time. Michael had passed away uh, four years earlier. They had just embarked on a little bit of a, a, a clubs and pubs tour and things, but they were a long way from getting back to recording. They ultimately, it was another four and a half years. They were really in a, a strange predicament where, you know, the bands had come and, you know, and surpassed them. 
And I felt like I was a bit of a loner in those days. Outside a, a, a good future friend we think of off the podcast is uh, Darren Jones, mm-hmm. who uh, we will announce a little bit more in a moment about. He had a website and there wasn't really much access to access materials. So a friend of mine at the time played me this dance version of this song of which ultimately she downloaded and then a few weeks later became a, uh, a an official CD single in the UK and then became a dance anthem hit. So the artist was a guy called Tall Paul. The song was called Precious Heart, which was really a dance remix version of Never Tear Us Apart, but a bit like the Tilt My Hat version of Burn For You, it was sort of varied enough to come under a different moniker. Uh, a bit like the Rogue Traders in 2003, which was a couple of years after, in Australia, uh, who, who remixed Need You Tonight, uh, Paul, uh, Tall Paul got in earliest and took this In Excess song. And to me, it was almost like the beginning where In Excess got out of the, the uh, not the naughty, naughty corner, but just that irrelevant corner where mm-hmm. they were no longer considered relevant in any way. So this song uh, in the UK, B, uh, hit number 14 in the charts. And not long after then, there was that uh, Party One Just Keep Walking remix yeah. that hit top 10. And those were very two important dance tracks to give Inexcess some hip, mm-hmm. hipness again. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Australia, hit 27. Uh, in the UK, it also on the dance charts hit number two. And I felt like I went from this beaten up, only fan in the world feeling to a little bit more vindicated that, yeah. you know, I, 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 I was, it. I you know, it. I people, it. people felt what I felt, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and yeah. So we want to go out today and as we're trying to do, you know, is mix up the songs and versions of, and, you know, we want to go out today with uh, Precious Heart by Tall Paul. It's a fantastic dance remix version and you call it almost a cover of Never Tear Us Apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got some fantastic sounds and sonics. Makes me want to feel like go clubbing again, B. Oh, good. Uh, back Let's in the do day. it. I can't wait. So, I can't wait for so, me. I'm so excited. But um, yes. I would like to actually add to that that um, all week I've been getting lots of messages from all of you gorgeous fans out there. So thank you um, that you have been dancing to uh, out to all of our songs that we've been playing this week. So Well, we have had a very dancey version, haven't we? Yeah. Without further ado, we'll take it out with Tall Paul, Precious Heart, a remix dance cover version, whatever you want to call it, of Never Tear Us Apart. Thank you so much for all the work you've done this week, B. It's a goodbye from me. Thank you to you too mate and it's a goodbye from B are you ready don't ask me what you know is true don't have to tell you I love you Don't ask me What you know is true Don't have to tell I love you
precious heart Don't ask me What you know is true Don't have to tell I love your precious heart listeners uh great news we've got a competition coming out uh one of the iconic releases back in 1983 was the remix album decadence not to be confused with the second version of decadence in 1985 when it came out but this is the first one a remix album off the shibusha bar with four major tracks played the extended version on the one thing the other day but we've got a bit of a competition because we've had a great friend of the podcast darren jones who has an album version and a tape cassette tape version these are almost like you know uh, iconic uh, collector's items b and we're going to auction one off and we're going to have a competition off with one of them aren't we we are we are and we're going to kick off with the competition right yep. now so if you like i've been asking you if you are a patron if you are silver and up then you are entitled to go into this competition. It will be a draw in four weeks time. So we will be announcing it after the 1st of April. So from now until the 1st of April, you need to go back and listen to all of our five episodes that we've done on the song Deep Dives. So you need to go back and listen to our deep dive songs over the last week. And then we will announce the winners. So what you need from you guys is the song title and the artist from the playout songs that we've delivered for you this week. Send your answers in to inaccessaaa at gmail.com.